Hey everybody, we got a little CSGO recap. We're going to dive into ESL Cologne. We have a recap on the 1.06 patch for Valorant. A little Warzone game event coming up and even sprinkle in a little bit of WoW, Shadowlands, and where we sit. Let's get into this. Let's dive in. Let's talk meta. All right, episode one, my first podcast ever, so please bear with me. There's definitely going to be some bumps in the road. There's things I'm going to learn from every episode. It's not going to be the most professional production you've probably ever listened to on iTunes, uh, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited to roll out the meta, the meta podcast. Really, my goals are going to be to um, create some sort of central area that you can get all your updated uh, esports information, talk about gaming culture, uh, maybe some gaming drama going out in the community. And I just wanted to put a professional production together that's going to present this information to you. So maybe you're driving home from work one day and you just want to catch up on that Counter-Strike tournament uh, going on this weekend, or you're big into Valorant and you want to know what the new patch update looks like and i would like to start putting my own formal opinion uh, on these matter i feel like i've been in esports now for uh, almost 20 years uh, i've been uh, in the gaming community i've done it all i'm an og counter-strike gamer i've been streaming for four years I follow all the community on twitter and uh, as i've grown older you start to realize that maybe being a professional esport player is uh, not going to be the option but doesn't mean you can't have your place in esports and i would like to grow a community uh, that's interested in these topics and grow uh, within that genre so further ado i just want to welcome uh, everyone uh, i got a lot of uh, supporting cast out there that i want to thank uh, right away people that i play with daily people that hang by my twitch uh, channel watch my streams support me uh, emotionally and financially i just want to thank you for that this is definitely a new um, scary step and i know you you all are going to be there to support me through it so as uh comforting to to know that um so i just kind of want to talk about myself a little bit it's a little self-centered isn't it so i feel like you need to get to know me to understand my my purpose my passion and why i'm taking this leap into the podcasting world so let's bring it back i was born and raised uh green bay wisconsin go pack go and uh it's basically where i've lived uh, mainly my entire life lived outside the city uh, for a couple of years uh, but mainly my life revolves around green bay i had a, a rather normal uh childhood really uh, parents are phenomenal people uh, that really supported us and whatever we wanted to do uh, that hardworking blue-collar parents nothing was necessarily handed to us uh, everything had to definitely be earned so it definitely humbled me early on in life and um, really got that work ethic uh, from my parents and realized if you want something you really gotta you gotta get after it so being a child growing up pretty typical had my group of friends in the neighborhood um, you know, times have changed since I was, you know, five, ten years old, and had a lot of freedom. Could play outside past dark, do a lot of those fun things, and we played night games and 
At an early age, I found myself definitely interested in video games. I was the the kid in the family that would wake up at 6 a.m. on a weekend when everyone else was sleeping, and my parents would get up, start making that coffee, and watch the news in the morning, and they realized, oh, Chad's in the basement gaming again. So my first uh, console was the NES system uh, for Nintendo, and I can vividly remember uh, playing Duck Hunt, Mario, Super Mario. Uh, was definitely pretty much my first game. I really knew I fell in love with gaming when uh, Ninja Turtles, Super Ninja Turtles, uh, came out for the NES. Um, I beat that game very early on. I found it challenging, and I'm like, oh, beat the easy mode. Let's go to the the normal mode, and then I was on to the hard mode. And I just remember just loving progression within a game and seeing yourself get better and failing and then, okay, how can I approach this situation? How can I attack this boss uh, differently? So uh, it was definitely where I started realizing that gaming was a passion and something uh, that I was drawn to. And I went through uh, the normal uh, consoles, went through uh, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, let's bring back the Dreamcast the game. And the GameCube. <laughs> Who's forgotten about the GameCube? Any OGs listening out there? Um, so I kind of worked up through the rank. I remember getting my first PC. It was a gateway computer uh, my dad had purchased for us. And <laughs> to think back, you got the, the big floppy drive and the CD-ROM drive on that beast, the monitor, the depth of it. Gosh, it was like three feet. I mean, it's just... Uh, insane to think how technology has changed uh, over the years um, but I was excited and my first game on there was like a deer hunting game that my brother had wanted my brother's uh, very big into outdoors and hunting and such and then I was talking to my neighbor and he's like hey I got this uh, I got this game that I think you'll like I'm like all right well let's see what it's all about and he's like yeah it's called Starcraft like, huh. I'm like, well, what's it about? And he's like, well, you, you know, you mine minerals or resources. Uh, you build your base, build your army. It's real-time strategy. And then you go try to destroy the the other team. I'm like, all right. So I started playing StarCraft and, man, did I just get sucked in. Um, instantly, I was addicted. I uh, just couldn't play enough. Sun up, sun down. Some of those summers, man. So many times I should have been outside and I was just grinding. Uh, really, really fell in love with the, uh, call it mobile chess, right? So it's like chess, just more mobile, kind of outsmart your opponent, uh, trap them, uh, and, and essentially win. So uh, I started grinding at that and then the Brood War expansion came out. So that's when I really took, took things heavy there. And um, I started seeing myself rise above the, the average person. So how I knew I was moving up in the StarCraft Brood War world is there was a third-party uh, gaming service uh, for you Counter-Strike players out there would be equivalent to like a Face It or an ESEA. It was called PG Tour. Um, and that's where your more defined, higher-end uh, competitive competition uh, was. And there was always a, an EU uh, area uh, Asian ladder and then uh, NA ladder and I found myself 
uh, actually in the top 10 in NA. So I was really starting to progress towards a more, hey, I'm young. Uh, I'm really good at this game. But here comes the big issue. Uh, at that, that, that time, there was no professional scene necessarily it wasn't it wasn't just turn on twitch and we can watch this massive counter-strike tournament uh, on the other side of the world it was um very hard uh, to be known and i was at such a young age i didn't know what resources i had to to be known um so i was definitely uh the struggle uh back then and Obviously, if I would have known what uh, things were to become, uh, I would have planned out my path a little differently. So back on track. Uh, so as I'm progressing, I actually get reached out to uh, by a gentleman. Um, and it was so many years ago, uh, or well over 15 years ago. Um, and he's like, hey, uh, so we've been watching you for a while. We see your statistics. Uh, we would like to talk to you more uh, in depth. So I talked to this gentleman. And they offered me an invite out to California to a training house at the time. We don't have facilities yet. Uh, we we got to go back in time here. And they were interested in offering me uh, room and board and uh, to uh, basically grind Counter-Strike with their group and uh, see if I could go pro in the scene. And uh, so try being you know 16-year-old kid, talk to your parents about this. Of course, the natural parent reaction is more cautious for my safety than uh, wanting to crush any of my dreams. So they uh, reached out, got a private investigator, and uh, my parents uh, used the private investigator, and everything came back and checked out uh, good, actually. So um, I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's do this. And unfortunately, about two weeks before it was time to make that decision, um, I started really thinking, I'm like, how am I going to survive without my family? I'm, I'm going to be, I, sh I think I said 16, but I think I was closer to 18, if I'm being honest with you. There's no way my parents would have shipped me off at 16, now I think about it. I apologize on the timeline error there. Um, and I'm just like, there's just there's just no way I feel comfortable doing this. So uh, I uh, called the, the gentleman up and fortunately turned down the offer and um that's kind of it kind of just destroyed my desire for some reason you think it would have been motivation to keep pushing uh but it just uh it just game didn't feel right after that so uh then i turned my attention to uh i was playing counter-strike a little bit uh started with cs source um so i was kind of playing uh both both games but definitely i would say 80 percent uh, Brood War and 20% CS. So then I kind of switched over to full CS. And I'm telling you, I was luckiest kid in the world. I had two summers where we had a local LAN. I kid you not. Way back in time, where LANs were even really a thing. I had a local LAN about 15-minute bike ride from my parents' house. It was the best. We'd get about eight of our friends together, sometimes ten. We'd bike down to this land at like 8 in the morning. They close at 10 at night. You could buy an all-day pass for like $10, $15. You could play CS from 8 in the morning till 10 at night. They had a pizza parlor right next door and an ice cream shop. What more? 
could a kid want? Some of the best times of my life. And that's where I really found my passion for, for CS. And um, I just found myself being top tier out of my group of friends, kind of analyzing the game more, taking it more seriously, putting in a little more time. I would leave the land, go home, grind some more. Um, and then as uh, time passed, um, I got in a relationship, started working full time, and then my child was uh, brought into the picture. So my son Carson, who was 10, um, I knew at that point that gaming was probably not going to be the biggest priority in my life. So I needed to uh, put things on hold. I got rid of the computer. I was just working, trying to provide for my family. So uh, there was definitely, I would say, a five to six year-ish uh, gap of no computer, no gaming, completely out of the scene. Um, and I remember vividly, uh, it was a Sunday, Sunday morning, and we were going to go visit my parents uh, with Carson because, of course, they love to see their grandchild. And so we were in my parents' living room, and they had run some errands. So we were just waiting 10, 15 minutes before they uh, would return home. And I was flipping through the channels, and I remember throwing on a channel, and I'm like, what's this E-League thing about? And I'm like, whoa, what's this first-person shooting game? Like, oh, this looks like, what? Is this really? Is this really Counter-Strike on TV? And this was uh, back in the Virtus Pro uh, domination era and Astralis just starting to uh, rise out of the ground to kind of take that crown uh, away from them. And I just remember being like, Chrissy, that's my wife, um, talk about her just in a little bit. Uh, and I was like, hey, I used to play this game all the time and now it's on TV and there's like fans and there's like announcers like what is going on here? Um, so I just remember that being like that huge light bulb moment. And then I knew that fire was lit and I went to bed that night and I'm like, God, I kind of want to get back into gaming. How do I do that? I'm married. I got a kid. This is just, it's going to be so hard. I got to work. There's no time. And so after a couple of weeks, it just kept bothering me and bothering me. And finally I sat down with my wife and I'm like, Hey, you know, my history, you know, my passion, my background. I, I really want to get back into this. And uh, my wife, she's so supportive. I love her. Um, she's like, yep, let's do it. Um, and I'm not going to lie. There's definitely been some bumps in the road. I think she some days regrets a little bit that, hey, why did I say yes to this? Because it is very time consuming and she does sacrifice a lot. And that's why I, I truly appreciate her. And I think she's the, the perfect person I could have ever been with um, to allow me to uh, chase my dreams uh, and and be part of the the, the gaming community and uh, especially put as much time into it as I have. Uh, so back on track, uh, I got my computer. I found out what Twitch and streaming was, and I'm like, I'm a CS:GO. Never played this version of it. Quickly downloaded that, got into it. Actually started um, with a Apple MacBook. That I uh, started playing CS:GO on so. You can imagine how that painful that was hooking in a keyboard and mouse and uh, just not meant uh, f for that. So anyone that complains about setups and stuff, uh, it could be worse. Uh, then I got my PC. I got very into it. Uh, of course, I stream uh, at the Vibes TV. Um, so if you ever want to uh, check it out or shoot a follow or watch, uh, that's my streaming channel. 
Twitch. Um, so, yeah, then I took uh, CSGO very seriously. But it's amazing how kids have evolved um, and how the competition has risen uh, so much farther in that uh, scene. So, uh, big CSGO guy, as I stated, and now I made my move into Valorant. Um, but unfortunately, Valorant is making some really poor decisions, and we're going to uh, dissect that and get into that uh, very soon here. So that's kind of an intro myself. Uh, I just want to talk about my family uh, real quick. So my wife, Chris, we've been married for five years. Um, she's absolutely amazing. You want to talk about the biggest selfless person I've ever met in my life. She's very supportive of my gaming habits. Uh, she's very supportive. She'll ask me the next day, how did your stream go? How did your games go? How's your progress? What are you working on? What's your project? She's very involved. Um, and then I have my son, Carson, who's 10, who it's just amazing to watch the passion of gaming grow within him. Uh, his skill ability at 10 versus where I was at 10 is just, it's insane. Watching him do builds in Fortnite and um, play CSGO and, and play Val, it's just to watch that passion within him has just been absolutely uh, a pleasure. It's just so enjoyable to see him. Um, kind of have some of the same desires that I did and, and even be better uh, than me at them. Um, so now that you know a little bit about me, uh, like what's the intention of this podcast? This podcast is really going to be the the mecca. Uh, this is where you're going to want to go to get all your big news stories within the gaming community, get those updates, get my take on on that, and I want to build that trust with my audience that they, that my take is going to be a unbiased uh, perspective. It's going to be solely me analyzing the situation and how I feel about that topic. It's not going to be in defense of CS:GO because I'm biased to, to be a CS:GO uh, player. It's going to be factual and why it's either good for the game or the community, or it's bad for the game. Community want this to be a statistical uh, recap area for major gaming tournaments going on whether it's CSGO, Valorant, Warzone. Um, I am going to be outsourcing uh, guest speakers that are more uh, into say League of Legends, Rocket League and all those all those areas because I just I can't possibly be an expert in all areas. FPS competitive esports will obviously be my main genre. Um, but some of the other technical games, Dota 2, uh, League, Rocket League, things like that, I will be having guest speakers. Um, this is going to grow into a more interactive podcast, uh, but I need to get my foundation and uh, understand my process as far as the editing and processing side goes. So these will be a little more dry to start out, and we will get some other voices going here in the podcast in the near future so kicking over to our first game uh topic i want to talk about csgo uh esl cologne tournament going on right now so it's a two-week uh tournament and uh so we're about week one uh so uh, playoff qualifications are obviously hot and heavy right now um team liquid is obviously personally my favorite uh team and Talking about Team Liquid a little bit. So some big changes, all right? So let's talk about the first two and put them on the table. So we had Adrian uh, step down as coach, and we had Moses uh, picked up as uh, most of you or all of you that are listening and understanding. 
would most likely know Moses was uh, top talent uh, commentating uh, for all major uh, ESL productions through the CSGO community. Uh, Moses is an extremely intelligent person. Um, I can't say enough good things about Moses. Moses is not only single-handedly intelligent about CSGO, he is so good for the CSGO community uh, through his uh, casting uh, talents, uh, through his knowledge of the game, um, and for his support for the CSGO uh, community. I think he's built a lot of relationships with the players and coaches uh, and the executives in that CSGO world. I think he has a lot of uh, influence uh, over that community. It's an exceptional pickup for uh, Team Liquid. I love Adrian. I think he was an awesome hot pickup uh, for them when they made their uh, Grand Slam uh, run. I think Adrian was a huge reason for that. Um, but an interesting quote that Stewie made the other day was, it's good to have people responsible now on the team uh, for their actions. Uh, that speaks a lot. So what that tells me is there's some some locker room, we'll call it, uh, issues, some in-house issues between players and uh, either bad calls or mistakes, uh, selfish mistakes in the server being made, and no one was being held responsible for that. Um, Adren may have been more of a, a person manager than a CSGO manager. So very interesting uh, comment made by Stewie, but I'm going to be honest, getting into uh, Stewie in a second, we're going to talk about the other big uh, Team Liquid. As I said, there's two. So we got Moses that was picked up, and then, of course, we have the Nitro retiring from CSGO um, and the Grim uh, pickup. So I, I must say I did not follow Grim as much as others in the Tier, tier 2 uh, CSGO League. So uh, Grim uh, coming over from... Uh, Triumph uh, and signing with Team Liquid had a huge first showing, um, putting out uh, top tier numbers, a lot of hype around him, um, and I think he's going to be a good addition to that team. So Nitro, unfortunately, with time, uh, performance had dwindled. Uh, I always gave him a pass because whenever you're in IGL, obviously it is much harder to perform, but it's just getting to that point where, unfortunately, he was holding down uh, the team a little bit, and I think it was the right move, and I love how Nitro went out uh, with the grace, and I love how the organization backed him. It's some very awesome videos edited, uh, wishing him nothing but the best, and recapping all the memories he had um, with the team. So, great move there by the organization, great move by Nitro, as we all know. Uh, Nitro teaming up with Hiko on uh, a thousand thieves and is going to pursue his Valorant career there with a good change. Um getting back to Stewie 2K and that comment, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time and I do follow Stewie's 2K stream and Twitter and um who he plays with, what he's playing and I just I struggle and I know a lot of the pros are gonna flame back at me and say you don't know how much he does off camera, da 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 da. And I, it gets to a point where there's only 24 hours in a day, okay? And Stewie just screws around. He is an extremely, extremely talented player. 
that has natural talent that we don't see in CSGO players very often. And he has it. But he spends time screwing around, streaming with Mo, playing random trash pug games, goofing around, not practicing mechanics, not showing people what he has. And honestly, I don't think he's as focused on CSGO as he used to be, where he needs to be focused on it more than ever to get himself into that top 10 player club. And he just, he continues to just screw around with friends. I get it. It's fun. But you have a job. You have an obligation. What do you want to be remembered? As an average Counter-Strike player? Or do you want to be one of the best? Simple just didn't screw around. Simple put in the time. And I just don't see that from Stewie. And his performances are just completely up and down. Honestly, you take Nitro out of the picture. Who's on the bottom of Liquid right now? I, I'm sorry. It's, it is looking like Stewie2K. And I'm, I'm very interested. Please email me at the vibesbusiness at gmail.com. That's the vibes with a Z business at gmail.com. I want to hear your feedback on Stewie2K. Uh, do you agree, disagree? And if you disagree, give me some talking points. Let's talk about this. I would like to present your email on the next stream or on the next uh, podcast, sorry. And uh, we can talk about it. Let's let's have some dialogue there. Um, so you're looking at uh, Stewie's performances. Okay, so they go 2-1 over Cloud9 opening round um, of gameplay there. And Stewie goes 77 for 49 on KD. Absolutely lights it up. And then we get over to the Evil Geniuses. They go 0-2. Absolutely spanked yesterday. 16-7 on Mirage and 16-9 on Nuke. And he's just, he's non-existent. He's nowhere to be found. I'm going to have to look up his um, stats here um, real quick on uh, hltv.org, which is my number one source for all Counter-Strike uh, statistics so apologize here just looking up where are you team liquid why I'm not finding them there we go all right so let's go down to Stewie 32 for 41 uh, KD so you go from 77, 49 down to 32, 41. And I'm sorry. I know Team Liquid is kind of generally viewed as that number one NEA CSGO team, but Evil Geniuses have consistently shown them that they, they're just a better team than Liquid. There's just there's nothing you can argue about that at this point. So, very interesting to see how this plays out. Talk about accountability, Stewie. I think there needs to be some self-accountability there in the efforts that you're putting into your team. And I think you would regret someday if you're not part of that Team Liquid. Um, So, it'll be very interesting to see how uh, that plays out. Uh, Grim, as we stated, came out real hot in his first showing. Uh, but so far in Cologne, it hasn't been pretty. Uh, putting up a 24 and 39 KD uh, in that uh, Evil Geniuses match uh, the other day. So definitely cooling off. 
Um, the hype train is a little done there, but I have full confidence that Grimm is going to adjust his game. He's an extremely humble, intelligent player. Don't have too many problems uh, with that. Uh, Evil Geniuses put up a great uh, showing against Liquid. So uh, they put 16-7 Mirage and 16-9 on Nuke, uh, Tarek. Uh, having a good one. Ethan, of course, uh, doing what Ethan does. Coming at uh, 54, 26 KD, 108 ADR average. And uh, a combination of the two matches posting a 1.76 rating on HL TV. Uh, so nice job, uh, Ethan. Looking solid. Their executions were amazing. And what I'm enjoying about Evil Geniuses right now is EG is not relying on Cirque. Cirque came in with a 32 and 33 KD. And they were able to 2-0 Liquid. Uh, that's just phenomenal. And it's going to be very interesting to see Evil Geniuses down the stretch here and see how they finish at uh, ESL Cologne. I definitely think they're in the driver's seat. And, of course, we got Furia, whose aggression is just crippling and suffocating the competition. Uh, so it'll be very interesting uh, to see how that uh, plays up down the bracket when they meet and let's not forget about chaos here's a, a tier two an a team that is really establishing themselves as a tier one obviously behind the famous steel uh, leading that team uh, putting out a 2-1 win over 100 thieves uh, closing it out with a 16-13 uh, win they're just extremely impressive they're well led team they're hungry and they got that chip on the shoulder to prove that they are a tier solid tier one team and they are certainly doing a wonderful job with that uh just a quickly want to shoot over to the eu side of the csgo esl cologne obviously those are separated uh between na and eu um let's talk about astralis so astralis went through a lot of change right so they expanded their roster behind uh Ugh, my words beyond the normal traditional five-man team and then we had some very unexpected announcements of teammates stepping down because of a burnout now it's interesting to think like it was a burnout was it covid was there something else behind the scenes uh it's too professional for an organization i really don't think we're going to find out but let's talk about istegs and bubsky uh so they've really fallen in place with this team i mean they had a first couple rough tournaments i mean they were eliminated early uh they put it on the table and they said we're okay with this it's a change we have to work together we have to get to know each other better we're going to be okay i just think that's a testament to astralis and the organization is they don't they don't overreact we got all these organizations you lose a game or two and all of a sudden they're switching rosters people are getting dropped people are getting picked up it's just absolutely crazy um, I think so. Astralis is just such a sound organization. They believe in their players. When they sign you, they believe in you. They're not going to drop you. And I think that's a lot of pressure off the players. They're not over trying and over trying to impress and making poor decisions in the server. So I don't know if anyone's checked it out. But go on Instagram. I believe it was on the ESL CSGO uh, page. But Stag, what a big brain play. So on Nuke yesterday. Uh, Stag was sitting in secret steps uh, outside and he needed to save that round and, and there was an op out in the open and if he would have ran out to go get it he would have been uh, killed. Stag throws out a nade and drops it on the gun and blows the gun back 
towards him and picks up the op. Just honestly, Danish big brain plays. Uh, Steak, Bubskis, definitely a solid uh, pickup by Astralis. And <laughs> I thought maybe that organization would be crumbling a little bit with some of the changes. And looks like they just picked up fresh young talent that's going to pick up the ball and just move it uh, forward. So good for Astralis. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, but some breaking news uh, coming out in the CSGO uh, area that just popped up that added into my podcast notes here is Woxic has been benched. Woxic has been benched by most sports. Um, I personally did not see that coming. Um, I don't think a lot of people uh, saw that coming. So it's going to be a in very interesting play. Most sports has been very underperforming. Um, they've been struggling uh, mightily, and I, I think the organization's looking at a standpoint of we were winning before and we added new pieces. Since we added new pieces, we've had problems. What are the new pieces? And that was uh, definitely Woxic. So um, I think uh, most sports has a plan. Uh, Woxic is going to be... Uh, picked up by another team i'm not worried the issue is Woxic's um character is being assassinated a little bit right now uh, a lot of people are saying that Woxic was removed uh, because he's a toxic player and couldn't work with the team um, several people have come out to defend him uh, on social media especially on twitter saying that they played with him for many years and he was never a toxic teammate so stay tuned if any more information details come out i will definitely share that uh, with you uh, moving forward into the Valorant scene, so I uh, definitely have dipped my toes into the Valorant scene uh, since this game was released, as a lot of people have, and uh, where do I start? Uh, we got patch note updates, um, we got the Riot on vacation, uh, let's uh, dive into the patch notes quick. So patch 1.06. 0606, you know what I'm saying. Uh, are out and deployed. So shotguns finally are less accurate when uh, fired in the air. Uh, the spread penalty is 0.5 uh, to 1.25. Uh, there were some random bug fixes. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but some HUD fixes, the bugs in DM, which there's, <laughs> there's bugs in DM called footsteps and radar that need to be removed. Um, and um, fix some walls, uh, fix chat log errors, etc., etc. Nothing to accept. Here's my here's my thoughts. Shotguns, <clears throat> way overpowered. It needs to stop. It is absolutely ridiculous that a full geared person who has won rounds before to afford this gear can easily be taken out by someone with a short range weapon. You have to walk around corners in this game. You cannot check every single corner at every second when you're going through choke points it is ridiculous that they've evened out this game that you don't even need a good buy you buy a 200 dollars pocket shotgun called the shorty and it makes you more deadly than if you had a vandal and full armor it's absolutely ridiculous val riot get your head out of your ass this has to change it's absolutely ridiculous. You don't see pros on eco rounds in a CSGO match sit there with shotguns and hide around corners because it's so damn easy. Fix the meta of the game. It's ridiculous and you are starting to lose people the frustration. It needs to go. 
I appreciate that you nerfed Jet flying around with a shorty or a judge. But it goes beyond that. You have to start raising the prices of these guns. You need to start working on the accuracy or the damage impact of these weapons. It has to. It just simply has to change. And these, this, this patch, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we are, are four months since your game being released. And this is, this is the depth of patch that you have for your game? Well, Riot was on vacation. They, 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 they deserve vacation. The year you release a competitive eSport-based game that you want to grow to the top of the eSport ecosystem, you don't get a vacation. I'm sorry, you just, you don't get a vacation. So it's just frustrating. You could have had a team take a vacation and have a team on working on a project and then sort of switch them out. You don't have to have a full Valorant shutdown. You need to keep changing this game. You need to keep adjusting the meta. You have to get this more in tune and competitive. The ecosystem is absolutely rough right now. I was playing uh, with my uh, friends the other night and I go, we're up five to two, but we're broke and they have tons of money. How does this work? We are winning five to two. It has to stop. They have to get this economy adjusted. Um, I challenge you, use this theory. When you're on bind, okay, you're attacking side. If you lose pistol and you save round two, like you should, and if you don't win round three, you are in for a terrible half. You'll win three to four rounds max. The ops will come out, and you're not going anywhere on bind. Um, the op meta, I'm going to save for another episode. This is going to get lengthy. Um, but more to come on uh, Valorant and the, the op situation along with broken uh, Killjoy. Moving forward out to the Valorant, let's uh, talk a little Warzone. So Warzone is a very intriguing uh, BR. Honestly, I never thought it would get as popular as it has, but you have Tim the Tatman, Nick Merckx, Cloaksy, uh, Symphony. A lot of those uh, awesome streamers have really grown in that space. Kudos to them. And uh, I'm not a BR guy. I used to be very anti-BR, but I'm telling you, Warzone is breaking down that barrier for me. It is just a fun um, game. Of course, they've had some recent glitches and issues within their game, but I'm confident that they're working uh, through that. So, of course, we got the special event coming up on 826, so we're three days away uh, from a special event. Uh, so, they'll be essentially announcing the next uh, Call of Duty, and I think there's going to be a uh, Warzone shakeup on the map. So, uh, they keep dropping hints on their Twitter. Looks like a cold war between Russia. We could have a nuke, potential nuke go off, blow up the map in some way, shape, or form, and change the structure of the map. It's very exciting. I'm looking uh, forward to that. Um, and I just can't wait to jump into action. The Bruin was nerfed, um, so I think that's huge to reduce the um, the upper uh, torso uh, damage, uh, the base weapon. Increased its uh, recoil and the 60 round mag increased uh, recoil. You see, you can't just sit there on a roof and laser people halfway across the map. 
uh, and hit them uh, dead in the face. So some good changes coming out of Warzone. I'm going to have a little more in-depth uh, in future podcasts here once some of this exciting in-game event uh, breaks out and we can talk about that a little more. Um, so I just want to talk a little briefly about WoW Shadowlands also. So uh, WoW is something that I'm always going to have a passion for, and I, I didn't want to just do FPS uh, coverage. Uh, so there's always going to be a little section here for a little World of Warcraft or any other MMO-based uh, game. So Shadowlands, of course, is upon us pre-patch. Everyone's dire anticipation of waiting for the pre-patch to come out, and that will give us a much better time frame on when the game will drop, uh, which is supposed to be this year. Um, beta is in progress. been watching a lot of the main streamers, Tully, Asmon, uh, Asmon Gold. So we're getting some good information, some good feedback coming from the major streamers, which uh, makes it promising. Uh, they have a good grasp for the game, and they'll generally give you a yay or a nay on how they feel about the future content coming up. So excited uh, for that uh with that i think this is a, a good place to end our first episode here so i just want to thank everyone uh for listening i just want to thank everyone out there that has supported me uh over the years and it's gonna i know be there and have my back for this project uh i promise you i'm gonna work very hard to make this an even more polished uh production uh, but this is very um exciting i think it's a good first step Please, once we get approved for iTunes, please make sure that you are rating and leaving a comment in the comment section. Um, I'll also be available on Spotify and Google Podcasts, uh, many other platforms. Uh, so please follow my socials, uh, which is uh, Twitter will be the Vibes uh, TV. My Twitch will be the Vibes TV. My Instagram, which I've been really working on growing, is Chad Meyer underscore. Chad Meyer underscore for the IG. Um, and then make sure you're subscribing and following this podcast as I hope to continue to create uh, quality content and get you updated on all your esports and gaming community topics and needs. So thank you very much and we'll see you next episode.